Wow, this is way gayer than I remember. <laughs> Sometimes I don't really know how to start the podcast, so we're just going to start right here, right now, banging into another episode of Bitten Peach Pod. The pod is getting busted open so that we can bite down into yet another juicy peach. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. You're very welcome here. Hello. This is Bitten Peach Pod, where queer Asians talk full stop. That is the concept where we get to talk. We can talk about the, sh- the culture that shaped us. We can talk about our identities. We can talk about absolute shit. We can talk about whatever we want. This is a truly queer Asian experience, which means I don't really know what it's going to be. I just know I'm going to have a real good time. And so who is it that's yelling at you? It's me, Shay Shay. Can I get a hey, hey, Shay Shay? Oh, dear. And I am a non-binary, half-Irish, half-Japanese, drag performer, writer, producer, whatever. And here I am, joined today by a tatted martial artist, emphasis on artist, okay? (laughs) The martial arts are art. You are also a weapons expert performer. Exactly. Fire fire flinger yeah hot hot to trot body oddy oddy <laughs> don't mess with this bitch it's nilly hello it is me so yeah nilly is my name my stage name actually so that's oh yeah. it's not the real name no my my real name is nilufer which is means lily flower. So I came with the name Nilly. Oh my gosh, a little mashup crossover event right exactly. there. Exactly. Wow. And what is the origin of your real name, which you're going to have to say for me once more? Nilufer. Nilufer. So the origin is I am Turkish German and Filipino. So it came from the Turkish side and it means lily flower. And my little brain when I was small, I, I I was very much into Japanese manga and Yuri, which is the girl and girl side. Okay. And I was like, wow, Yuri also means Lily. So I was like, oh, this is, my name is perfect for me. This is my stage name. I'm going to make this my stage name in the future, which I didn't know I would have a future of this sort. And I was like, yes, this is it. But you decided that at nine years old? Yeah, like eight, nine. <laughs> You knew. knew. You knew. You were destined for the stage. Exactly. Did you, were you one of those kids that was like performing from a very early age? Like, look at me. I got something to show you. Yes. I was very much that kid. Even in school, primary school, I would be put into these special classes, mainly because I still don't know if I have like any learning problems. Never got tested. Asian parents don't do that, I guess. But uh-huh. <laughs> went into these special classes and I was like, I am popular because I am being selected out from a group of 20 now into a group of three. I'm like, wow, it's me. Anywho, I grew up in the circus. So You grew up in the circus quite literally? Yeah, very, very literally. I went from martial arts into like the Chinese circus until I was 17. And then I was like, I want a normal life of going to uni. So I went to the arts uni, University of the Arts, Central St. Martins. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not ready to skip ahead yet. <laughs> wait, you were, a, you were a circus kid, literally performing as a child in the circus. So you weren't literally. just like, 
hey, look at me, like, like I've put a towel on my head and I think I'm a princess, like some of us did. <laughs> you were, like, literally in the big top, flipping and dipping. Oh, yeah. That's <gasps> where all the weapons came from. I was literally from, playing uh, with my weapons When you were tiny, stage. they let you throw weapons around when you were a tiny child? Exactly. They loved it more <gasps> that I was tiny. It was like, who's this tiny little kid oh, throwing weapons around on stage? Wow, danger. I love it. Oh, my gosh. So when you were young... What, what weapons did you, how did, how, wait, how did that start happening? I just don't understand. How does a child. Okay, let's backtrack. Yeah, I just want to know, like, how you ended up twirling and flirling with the, with the weapons at such an early age. I feel like I wasn't even allowed to use a sharp knife. Oh, let's start all the way from the beginning. A so, very good course, place to start. I have a brother. He went into like cricket and football and whatnot. And my mom was putting me into ballet and tap dance. And Gender. as a kid, I was still, yes, I was very much, no, I want Power Rangers and football and cricket and all this brilliant masculine stuff. I was not very feminine at all from day one, probably. And then I didn't like it. So my mom made a three-month rule. I would get the uniform and then I would kind of move away from that sport. And then to the next sport, get the uniform, move away. I just wanted the uniform. I just wanted fancy costumes. Oh, my God, looks. My mom was like, okay. Yes, exactly. Still to this day, fancy jackets. Anywho, it went from that to, you know, my brother was going to start martial arts and I didn't want to do ballet anymore. And so I ended up doing... Yeah, martial arts with him. Mm-hmm. And then we just became star student. There's this 34th generation monk from the Shaolin temples that came here with Jet Li's brother and they taught exclusively only for about a month or so. But the Shifu, he stayed and he was like, I'm going to open a school here in London. And then, yeah, I just stayed there and ended up becoming a prodigy child in martial arts. Did a little documentaries here and there and then. Oh. Got picked up by the circuits. They're like, wow, who's this kid? Who's this duo? And I ended up touring with them. Oh, and so it was you and your brother as this, like, team. Exactly. Whoa. Whoa. And this all happened in London? Yes. I am born and raised in London. Well, that might answer my question, which, you know, you've beat me to it, but I still have to ask you the question. (laughs) This is a question that is so highly respected amongst us non-white people. You might know it. You've probably heard it before. It's always asked with the best intentions, I'm sure. And that question is, um, but where are you really from? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, I'm an East London kid. It comes with the accent. Very, uh, yeah, water bottle. Water, water, water bottle. I don't know how to say uh, and it. And then I'd say water bottle. <laughs> water bottle. So, yeah, water bottle. <laughs> I do have inclinations of Americanism because of my mom's Filipino, you know, colonized and whatnot. But mm-hmm, that old chest. Otherwise, um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, East, I would just say I'm an East London kid. East London kid, mixed race, Filipino, Turkish, German. And you still live in East London. Yes? No? Yeah, well, I just moved back because of COVID times. I ah, was in yes. South East London. No, was I? Yeah, I was. I was in Woolwich a bit earlier in a very nice place. And then I moved to Walthamstow because it was cheaper. I wanted to save some money. Oh, and hey, then uh... now I really want to move back to Woolwich because I'm like, oh, 
I, I'm, I'm addicted to that. You know, the new area was new and fancy. Oh, was it all new builds? Yeah, mm. very new builds. Luxury apartments. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm drawn to it. Well, I have to let you know, I'm up in your region. I'm in Seven Sisters area, so <gasps> hit me up at the very park. Close. Throw some swords <laughs> at me at the park or something sometime. Why don't you? So fun. Except from this summertime, I'll be in Wales doing my stunt contract. Okay, so. what? <laughs> tell me more, tell me more. Very, very NDA situation, but I managed to get a quite a good role in a Netflix movie, so <gasps> I will be there till maybe October. Oh yeah, definitely don't tell us too much because Netflix will sue your ass, they'll sue my ass, <laughs> they'll sue Zoom for letting us have this conversation. Exactly. Okay, no, no more, but we hush, have to hush. look out for you. Now, uh, you said it's a stunt contract. Are you able to say, um, or no, you don't have to answer about this specific job. Have you found, because I know that you get work in film and TV related mm-hmm. things because of all your skills in martial arts. Do you find that you get cast to be a person or to be like a stunt double? Well, right now, for the bigger things, which is feature films or series, it's doubling. And for the smaller things, it's my own character because they see my Instagram. They're like, she's funny. She just has a character and she has a skill set. So it's like, wow, let's abuse and use that. I'm like, okay, yes, use me, (laughs) please. Oh, use (laughs) me. (laughs) I'm holding the sword, but you can use me. (laughs) Exactly. And so when you stunt double, do you have to like wear wigs and stuff to look like the person you're doubling? Yeah. So (gasps) I used to have really long hair. Exactly. Well, <laughs> drag in a sense. But I did used to have really long hair, about the length up to my waist. Whoa. And my first contract, it was my first big contract, they dyed my hair blue and they they cut the sides off. They shaved it down. I had a fade going on. And I was like, okay, this is me now. I am short haired, nearly. Great. But I find it a lot better. Wait, so they dyed it blue and then... Did short on the side and cut the top short as well, or left the top long? They they cut it short as well. Everything was pretty short. Wow, that was very. Oh, but the fee the fee was right. The fee was you were like very right. And yeah. besides, I was always wanting to have short hair, but never really had the. I don't know. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't cut the hair off yeah. myself. And I was like, oh, I need an I need a motivation for it. Yeah, you know, I always wanted long hair, and I like never had the guts to like you know i already thought i was androgynous and feminine enough if i had long hair it was just going to be one step too far this is when i was like trying to not be as non-binary like when i was trying (laughs) to be cisgender and now i'm like oh my god the long hair is everything but you know I, i i can't i can't put into a monetary amount how much i would need to be paid to be willing to cut my hair short again because i've been on this hair journey for years now and the goal is and I've talked about this on the pod before. <laughs> uh, I want mermaid length hair. I want to cover wow. my nipples when I emerge from like a body of water. <laughs> Can't you just see me like coming out of the ocean? I can already with see just, it like... with the blue you got okay. going on. This kimono mm-hmm. thing. Yes. For the listeners, I'm wearing a vaguely kimono-y robe that is blue. So yes, I, this could be my ocean. I could be emerging. Yeah, mm. it's perfect. Got the waves as well. You're going to be in Wales doing this big job for how long? Uh, supposedly until October. Oh. 
So I'm missing out on the grand reopening of London, which is a bit oh, sad. Oh, true. But also, I'm, I want to let you know, I think it's going to be a lot bumpier of a ride than they say it's going to be. I do not think June 21st is going to be like, let's go to the club. I just don't believe it. I don't <laughs> believe it to be true. I'd love maybe for that to be true. I just don't think we're going to be in a place yet where that's possible. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I hope so. So I can return back from Wales and be like, wow. Yeah. Love you, London. Look how great you are. You're flourishing again. If I can arrange it for it to open like right around when you're getting back so that you can be there for all that energy. I oh, will, yeah. I, will I have immense you. FOMO. Like fear of missing out is a very big thing. I'm like, oh, no, I got work. I can't work here. I must train. I'm missing out on everything. Depression. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk, let's talk about this FOMO because this is something that in my life has plagued me at times more than others, but a lot of the time to such a degree that I like, I feel so ill. <laughs> I can make myself feel sick because I'm like, I should, I should be out. I should be doing this thing. I can't believe I'm missing this event. Or, or even sometimes I'm at one thing and I feel that I should be at another thing at the same time and I can't be two places at once. And it just, it's made me feel in the past sometimes so bad, like I'm missing all the greatest things. One of the nice things about the slowdown of lockdown, like when I was back in California, I didn't have a lot of FOMO about London because nothing was exactly. happening. Exactly. And it's cold here and it's boring. The, the city looks dull and gray and just lifeless without all the fun of the people filling it so of people exactly yeah so how do you deal with your FOMO thankfully my best friend Vilas is also a gym nerd and weapons expert so I just spend all my time with him um, and anything that happens outside of it I'm like they're missing out on us we're the party at this point aha aha kind of flipping the script exactly like, I'm not yeah. missing what they're doing they're missing what I'm doing perfect just that because you are you are training how how often oh very often maybe eight hours a day eight hours a day yeah whoa 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 I was expecting more of like like an estimate per week <laughs> no. eight hours a day yeah even on the weekends yeah it's it's usually oh. let's say you do your gym routine which is you know the weights and the resistance and whatnot and i'm then... sorry you've lost me already i've not been in, gy in a gym for a <laughs> decade can you i'm sorry who <laughs> so let's say we're pumping we're pumping to get our muscles bigger at this point yeah okay and then we're doing maybe some kicks later, and then okay. you got all the peripheral weapons. You got your spears. Okay, you got yeah. Let's let's swords. list the weapons. Let's list the weapons. We got spears See, and swords. I got a, spears and swords. Swords, all different shapes. Is we have straight sword, broad swords. We have the katana, which is you know the Japanese sword. Yes. What else do we have? We have knives. We got to play with knives. You got to learn about guns. You guns. Gotta learn about chain whips. Uh. Chain Everything. whips. Imagine go go you borrow. Have I seen you use a nunchuck? Nunchuck, exactly. We've got nunchucks to go with. Many Are things. Are you a throwing star queen? I have thrown a star, but it's not my. Oh, main. what a star! <laughs> I am the star. Someone throw me. I know. I agree. I throw you around <laughs> a little bit. Wow. Okay. Because I've seen you live with your weaponry once. Um, and you had a sword, and you also had 
I want to say it was a stick, but I'm sure it has a better name and it had fire on both ends. What's that? Fire staff, I guess. Fire staff. My weapon understanding is mostly from um, playing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There's axes and swords and things like that. My real life um, relationship with weaponry. When I was a Cub Scout, which is the precursor to Boy Scouts, we went and did archery once. That's about as far as I... That's pretty good. I'm terrible at archery. I am really bad. Well, you're good at all the other things. I think that's enough. (laughs) Exactly. I've got to have one downfall to me in life. It plays out very well. What's your favorite weapon to perform with? Oh, no. Oh no! Oh, is is it like Sophie's choice? It's like it's like choosing it's your favorite child. Not even that. It's like different moods, different weapons. If I'm feeling aggressive, oh, okay, I will so give a me... Chinese broadsword because okay, it's more yeah. like it has a big thunder clap to it. If I'm feeling very when, when it hits like, a thing, it's not even when it when hits, hits another sword. It's just... I mean, oh. I'm not going to show. Should I show <laughs> on the podcast? No, it's going to be too much noise. Anywho. No, show me, show me, show me, Shane, show me. Shane, you can see me through the video, so you, I, I can show okay, you live. Okay, this is going to be a visual experience, everyone. I'm going to describe. <laughs> a visual Millie is going into the corner of the room. Exactly. I'm pulling out. This is a Chinese broadsword. Out a Chinese broadsword. It's very wibbly-wobbly, as you can okay. see. Yes, it, 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 yeah, it wibbly, Imagine wiggles. House of Flying Daggers. That's what's happening here in the bedroom. Yes, yes, there's. There is some fabric at the edge of it just to give it a little a little, a little flare, a little, a little flare. drama. Exactly. So when this is stopped in one motion, it creates a big thunderclap sound. And I will show what that is now to Shay and the rest of the podcast. You ready? Okay, everyone. I'll describe after it happens. And... Aha. Yes, yes. It yeah. makes like a little a rattle almost. Yeah. It's a like nice little... a rattlesnake. Little very swing sound and that specific sword you just showed me is it sharp on one edge like could you stab someone with that or is it a performance version it's more of a performance version but it will you can definitely cut someone still with it most definitely wow yeah does that happen often in your training do you get little scripts and scrapes and slashes oh yeah for sure for sure (gasps) my leg it's now healed but as a child i had a very open wound cut that had to be stitched up. And a scar. Yeah, but you can't really see it anymore. It's very light. Star Scars fade. Time heals all wounds, as <laughs> they say. The scars are hot. I would love to have oh. a little bit. A little bit here. A little bit here and there. Yeah, okay, yeah. Were you were you a child that fancied Scar from the Lion King? <gasps> of course! <laughs> Scar and his child, Kovu, were great. I was like, wow, Kovu's the best of both. That was so strange in the second one because Kovu is not actually like Scar's biological child. (gasps) Or else. I didn't know this. Or else not. Or else Simba's child and Scar's child would have been related. Oh, I always thought everything. They worked it into the story. I I thought everything was just, I didn't (laughs) acknowledge that part. I was like, you know what, this, I know this is happening, but (laughs) I will pretend. You're like, like, they're animated lions. I don't care if there's incest. (laughs) (laughs) See? Yeah. It's all good. Were you, did you find yourself when you were young attracted to the villains more than the the heroes? I'm not really sure. It was very 50-50. It depends on who was the more 
dark character. I I really I was really attracted to dark characters, but when it came to stuff like Beauty yeah. and the Beast, I was just like, oh, I don't like anyone here. I just didn't no. like it at all. I was like, no. what is this? Who's there? Who's there to like in that film? No one. I don't know. Some people I like love Mrs. The Pot. <laughs> I like the pot. <laughs> the pot. She's great. Angela Lansbury. Come on, she's great. <laughs> But Ugh. you you weren't you weren't as into the Disney's. You said that you were into Japanese anime as a kid. Oh, of course. Naruto number 1. I'm sure anyone who follows me will see multiple Naruto posts daily. Yeah. Or I can confirm. Sailor. Yeah, Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune. Oh, my loves. Okay. They, we have not we've not launched into talking about them enough on this podcast. Ah. <gasps> They're so great. I don't know why they were portrayed as oh, cousins in I the know. West. Like vague incest rather than overt lesbians. Why would you pick that? I don't know. It's so weird. And I'm I'm so glad, um, and I have mentioned this before that I've I've gone back and I've I've I'm not done yet, but I started rewatching Sailor Moon with the original Japanese with subtitles mm-hmm. as opposed to the English dub version that I grew up on, the sanitized, you know the queerness had been washed out. And the way that Sailor Uranus is, um, like, regarded, well, both of them, both of them, but the way that the other Sailor Guardians view them is just so overtly gay. They're just like... Exactly, yeah. Every time they show up in an episode, they show up with that, that like, pink, that pink filter and, like, sakura petals coming down and this like love theme music and every time it's like a little bit faded and everyone's just like oh oh and it's It's always a nice like look back there's a nice screen grab of them it's like wow yes they're so cool the older girls from this next school over or whatever (laughs) now i thought it was interesting like they're in the series they they're kind of even though they're all sailor guardians they're kind of rivals the whole time and they can't agree on how to progress forward with everything going on like they they like fundamentally disagree with how things need to be handled mm-hmm. and i found that so interesting because like in the end they there isn't some big agreement like oh we're all on the same page and we're going to keep working together they kind of like agree to disagree and go their separate ways but i'm hoping I'm only in season four. I'm hoping they'll make a reappearance. I haven't watched <gasps> it recently. I mean, <laughs> I watched it as a very young child. When I'm watching it back, I'm like, well, I didn't notice that. Oh, I didn't notice that either. And I just see all the screen grabs nowadays on Instagram. Like, wow, this is way gayer than I remember. <laughs> so gay. This is great. I'm just portraying myself as Haruka and be like, that's me. Michiru uh-huh. is, of course, someone else. When you, um, you said Naruto is like your number one. Yes. And I didn't grow up on it. <gasps> so can you. Blasphemy. Can you sell it to me? Can you sell it to me in one elevator pitch? You have until we get from the ground floor Ooh. up to the penthouse. We're in the elevator together and you turn to me and you say, excuse me, can I talk to you about Naruto for a moment? And I say, Yes, you may. What do you tell me? <laughs> Naruto, the young boy hated by his village for having this trapped fox within him, who is very powerful. And Sasuke. Fox? Yeah. 
Okay, is it like a kitsune fox exactly, demon Exactly, the nine-tailed demon. Yes. It must be the strongest of all the other tails. It's one, two, three, up to nine tails. Yes, yes, correct. And he has this one trapped in his body because his dad and his mom sacrificed themselves to save the village. And now he's all alone and no one likes him because they're scared of this demon inside him. And he's just this poor little boy who's just trying to get through and make friends. And then there's this other kid called Sasuke, whose village was... I'll just give away the whole thing. His village... Spoiler people, alert! Spoiler alert! Exactly. If you haven't seen Naruto, which came out in the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uchiha clan was mass-murdered, <gasps> killed by his brother. Oh. All for good reasons. I mean, I, not really good reasons, but it turned out to be he isn't a bad guy. So Sasuke is now an orphan kid as well, living by himself. And these two have a rivalry for each other. And then Sasuke goes and leaves the village to find this better path and power. And he wants to be this lone wolf in the world. And I'm just like, oh. Hot. Exactly. And Naruto, just, I want to be friends with him. He must come back. He's my best friend. I'm going to try him bring him back to the village. So just spend a whole entire series up to the second series, which is, I don't know, how many 700 episodes of Naruto trying to bring Sasuke back to the village. And Sasuke doesn't want to come back to the village. He's like, no, let me be powerful. So they're enemies that then, once they're apart, at least one of them realizes, oh no, actually, we're like soulmates, in a way. Coming to that point, they are literally soulmates. They are reincarnations of Indra and (gasps) Ashura, which is the Japanese gods. And so they're spiritually linked. At the end of the series, they have to, like, hold hands because they have only one arm left of each and save the whole world oh by, like, linking hands. Wow, okay, so this really was a true spoiler alert. I hope no one's, like, in the middle <laughs> of the series and, like, waiting to find out. Oh, I love that. I've always thought the Kitsune vibe with those tails and the, like, transforming and, like, disguising as people, hot. I think it's cool. Very hot. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. I love it too. This is my whole, what's, what did I do? This silk road with a bit of peach. That was my whole look. Except I couldn't fit nine tails on me. It was more like four. <laughs> true, true. Well, you know what? You have to earn your tails, right? It comes with time and it comes with wisdom. That's right. You had four last show. Next show, you better have five. And sometime in the future, we'll get you all nine of those tales. For anyone listening that's like, this sounds vaguely familiar. You might be familiar with the Pokemon character Nine Tales, which is based on like a Kitsune and has nine tales. I also love Pokemon. Pokemon was what got me into drawing. What made me want to go into art school. I just wanted to draw creatures all the time. Uh uh (gasps) Were you one of those kids inventing your own Pokemon? Yep, yep, yep. Yes, yes. I was doing the same thing, but with Digimon. Oh! I was, like, creating, like, all the different evolved forms of the Digimon. I was was very confused by Digimon. I remember playing the games, and, like... It is confusing. Why is this guy evolving into this guy, and then becomes this guy when this guy has this... I don't know why they evolved. Because Pokemon was very linear, just, like... You are yeah. stage one, stage two, stage three. Digimon was like, stage one, stage two, you can become all of this other thing. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? Yes, it was less, it was less of a one, one pathway. There was more opening ups, which, um, 
I think maybe something that attracted me. I also I I liked that Digimon could speak in the same language as the people. They could communicate, yeah. you know. But I did love Pokemon. I would love to know when you were a kid. I think I know my favorite. Favorite in if you can't pick one, top handful of Pokemon. Oh, Tonadile. I just loved how I'm sorry, who? You don't remember Totodile? The little the little blue starter crocodile. Oh it's very uh yes. he fell in love with like every other water Pokemon. Yes and just okay. chased it around. Very and cute. It, like it was like a little like yes, okay, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I just had to look it up. Okay, that one's cute. That's and then Totodile. it becomes Croca now. Yes, Croconaw, and then it becomes and then Feraligator. Yeah. Wait, but these are not from the original 151. Right? Oh, we're talking 150. Okay, let's backtrack. No, 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 it doesn't have to be. I was just like, why don't I remember this that well? <laughs> it was the second, the yes. second set of Pokemon, right? It was. Yeah, yeah. 150, I like Squirtle with his little sunglasses. They were very, okay. the Squirtle Squad. Very cool. Oh, the Squirtle Squad. Very cool. Are Very you are you a water? Are you a water person? Water baby? I'm actually a fire sign. With if we're talking uh, babies, uh. Leo. I'm a Leo. You're a, I'm a Leo. Lion. Yeah. Mm, yes. Now I can't tell you I know much about the fire signs, but I will. I mean, or any of the signs, the star <laughs> signs. I mean, but I do know that I know a lot of Leos that are close in my life. So hello. Oh, hello. I'm a Gemini. Oh, you're a little twenties. Yeah. All the personalities yeah. wrapped up in one. So you said you went to art school and it was Pokemon. Maybe that was one of the first kind of uh, forays into art making. Mm-hmm. What did you go to uni and do? Because you, you said you quit the circus, basically, and you wanted to go to uni. Yes. So I applied to do graphic and interactive media design, which I got into for St. Martin's. And it was not what okay. I thought the course was. It was a lot of conflicts, a lot of fighting on my end because they set it out to be a certain structure. Swords? <laughs> Just rocking up with swords to school. Hello. You walked into the registrar's office like, "Listen here." <laughs> I wish I was. I was not bold. I was a very shy kid. By the way, yeah, I didn't come out like till I was maybe like twenty three, twenty six now. Uh-huh. I had I had one of those you know, boyfriend situations who I wasn't really in love with for about five years undercover that sad soul <laughs> i know i know it was it was a a rough time let's say well i mean i imagine considering that you were like so busy living life in the circus and then going straight to uni like when would you have had time to figure those things out i knew i was ah. into women since very very young i just because I thought to myself, oh, I've never had a relationship. Maybe I just don't know these things. Maybe if I be with a guy, it might change. I don't know where this mentality came from. This was me not growing up with anyone apart from the circus. It's toxic like, head, heterosexual culture. It's because we yeah. grow up with only those frameworks that we're like, I'm sure I can fit into it. You're like, you're like, I'm, I'm, that'll work out. That some, somehow I'll just, it'll, I, it doesn't feel Somehow. right now, but it will. It will. Yeah. 
That was me from age like 16 till 21 ish. And then you were like, and I wasted my years there. (laughs) Yeah, you were like, fuck this. I need, I need to live my queer truth. Yes, I was. As soon as uni finished, very much in Dowston Superstore, hanging about, found my first. I don't know, love interest or whatever you call it. Romantic lead. There we go. That's a better way to put it. And and then I was just from there on, I was like, yeah, this is right for me. This feels great. I love it. Yes. Yeah, shout out Dalston Superstore for facilitating your first romantic entanglement. Whoop, 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 Yay! Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so many problems. I, I played, I did nunchucks in Dalston Superstore before. What? It was very, and knife, butterfly knife spinning. What? Um, did get told off. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, during a club night or it was it turned into club night it was during lunchtime and I stayed a bit too long because the person I was very into was the chef there and <gasps> oh my gosh I'm I'm like yeah. racking my brain I'm like I'm like which chef was it like <laughs> oh no, oh no. <laughs> I've been going there for many years I'm like okay oh no Oh, I see. I see. I mean, there was a period of time where I had a massive crush on one of the people working at Dawson Superstore. (gasps) And um, I like, luck. one of my housemates also worked there. And they were like, trying to like, find out information for me. It was so it was so cringe. It was so cringe. That's adorable. Oh my god, it was so I mean, it was really cringe because like, they were in a relationship. And it was like, leave me alone i mean we're friends well, we're still friends to this day though so it's absolutely fine okay that's a different matter um yes Shay. your brain is ticking yeah oh sh- yeah the, the the brain is ticking away because there was a question that i wanted to ask in our discussion but i've lost it it might come back to me so actually i want to rewind back if we can that's my rewind sound apparently if we can rewind back to the youth the youth times and you are viewing the world as a young person. Who do you remember as the standout, most notable Asian icon that you saw as a young person that made you feel like, okay, Asianness can be cool, or like that could be me one day, or maybe I want to get with that someday. Oh, Something along oh, those lines. Oh, I'm going to be so basic. Lucy Liu in Charlie's Angels. Woo, 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 woo. Stimulating yes, innovation scene. <laughs> I did not know what she was saying, like, the big words, like, your methodologies are antiquated. I don't know what she said. Antiquated? And weak? And I was like... Antiquated. I was like, what does this all mean? I love yes. it. She's saying big words and has leather clad with a stick going on and having all these guys just fawn over her. I'm like, wow. They should be reporting to you. Not you, to them! Boom! <laughs> so hot. I was like, oh uh, my god. <laughs> I'm, I, I think you'll be happy to know that, that that moment is also... That character, Lucy Liu in Charlie's Angels, and specifically that scene, was the moment for me and Radom Ridwan. So this moment has come up because yes. it is so important to the culture. <laughs> it was just such a vibe. I was like, I've never seen an Asian person on TV portrayed like that and it's just wow oh, it's it's incredible because it could have been either of the other characters you know like it didn't have to be her it could have been either of the others so it was so great to get to see her i loved her in that film because like she was just so badass and like there wasn't i mean i don't think any of them were i mean no that's not true cameron diaz was totally like the ditzy blonde but Lucy Liu wasn't like the like 
I'm the super strict, straight-laced Asian one who knows all the facts. It easily could have been that. Like, considering the era and the style of film it was, I'm surprised that the role wasn't more stereotypical. And maybe that's one of the reasons why. It just, like, oh, it was such... I felt so empowered by, like, Lucy Liu in that whole film. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my God. It's really hot. The, the line was, tell me, better yet, can anyone show, show me? me? I was like, oh! I was like, oh, my God. You're like, I'll I show, you. show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. What do you <laughs> want to see? I'll take it off right now. <laughs> the very young me, still a child. I'm just like, uh uh-huh. uh-huh. I shouldn't be watching this. Uh-huh. Very cute. Any other scenes? that you remember from the Charlie's Angels franchise of Lucy Liu being iconic? Oh, just any fight scenes. I was into fight scenes at a very young age. I don't necessarily like action movies, despite being an action performer. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, but any scenes that she was fighting, even Crouching um, Tiger, Hidden Dragon, with the swords, I'm just like, wow. I like her. She's great. She's beautiful. Same with um, Kill yeah. Bill, just her running across the table, head slice, and then speaking in English. And I was like, whoa, 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 you're my favorite now. If anyone has anything left to say about it, now's the fucking time. So oh. hot. Oh, my God. I, I, won. I love that, it. That movie blew my tiny little brain when I first saw it. I was just like, the whole thing was just... Oh my god, I'd never seen anything so violent before. Yeah. Um, but like I so allowed to watch go- it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was so good. Like it was violent, but it wasn't like I don't know. There's a difference between like men like man's action films and a film like Kill Bill which is like obviously an action film, but it's like I don't know, is it less toxic masculinity that I enjoy? Is it because it's like femmes and women that are doing the majority of the fighting that I like? Probably. Maybe you just don't see it as much and as violent. So you're just attracted to that when it comes on screen. You're just like, yes, it's not just a man doing it. It's a woman yeah. doing it now. Oh, uh, I loved uh, Gogo Yubari with her Oh, fucking... everyone loves her. The chain whip. Oh, yeah, that spike ball and she's just fucking... <laughs> Do you exactly. use that? Do you play with those? Not play with yes. them. That, sorry, that is oh, not I mean... the right verb. <laughs> do you use those in your martial arts? I do. Not with the spiked ball, but it has a little, like a dart at the end, which still is very painful and can probably take out your leg. But oh my god, it's it's wrapped very nicely with plasters. Probably saved me a little bit. Still gives me a bruise here and there, but. It's better than getting stabbed. At a um a big drag event years and years ago, we did a big Kill Bill number. This was like with like tons of people on stage. Um, it was to that song, Heads Will Roll. Do you know that one? Heads will roll. Heads will no, roll. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this? I'm not singing it well either. Heads will roll. It's by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and it was like a remix. It was like. It's a good song. Anyway, not important, the song. But I got to be Gogo Yubari in this. And I made my own, like, spiky ball. Wow. (laughs) So I got a, like, a chain dog lead. Okay. And I got, like, a one-pound, like, rubber ball from 
you know, like the pound shop. I love it. I covered it in silver duct tape and then sprayed it silver. Innovation. So that it like had that look. Somewhere there's a photo of it. But this is this is my early drag day. So my face is a bit wonky. That's good. I mean, <laughs> well, I wish I saw this. I'd probably be too young to enter clubs, but... I want to see uh, it now. Excuse you. I'm not that much older than you. Oh my God. I am personally offended. I'm sorry. I didn't This go. was, let's think, it was 20, it was probably 2016 or 15. Oh, I would have probably seen you somewhere. That was when my, I had my manic days, jumping from one to another in the same night, go out the same night, come back. Just uh-huh. It was never ending. It was just go out, come in, go out, come in. That was my yeah. graduation, basically. It was very hectic. Gay awakening. I feel like I had a similar phase. Like, when I first moved to London, I used to have a real job. I used to work as a digital design... I worked at a digital design firm as a project manager. Wow. And I was working, like, Monday to Friday. But every Friday night and Saturday night, I was out. A lot of the time, at Dawson Superstore. Shout out. Oh, great. And, like... Sometimes I'd be out on Thursday as well. And it was basically just like working all week to get to the weekend. And then I was like so determined to have like the best time at the weekend. So it was like going out, like going from place to place, party to party. And then just hating myself and my life on Sunday because I knew I had to go back to work. Oh, for shame. It's okay. Now now you got this job. Which is not really a job. It's yeah, more well, like yeah. just just your livelihood. Yes, I would agree. I do not have a job. Yes. <laughs> I have a livelihood that is precarious at the best of times. <laughs> Speaking of, if anyone wants to sponsor this podcast, we'd love it. Here we go. Sponsor me. Sponsor Shay. That'd be great. Sponsor us. Yeah. Nilly will wear your logo on their fancy jacket uniforms yes. when they beat people up with swords. Exactly. And then I'll swing around a weapon or so and be like, hello, it's me. Do you? I mean, because you're so good at what you do, have you had any, like, endorsement deals? Um, I have, but I'm not really... Allowed I don't to really say. like having... No, no, no. Oh. It's more like... I mean, I've, I've had one with Nike before. Nike? Oh! Nike? But the thing is, with these type of deals, they constantly want certain things from you, and I can't be bothered. I'm not very good at content making, despite what my Instagram shows. I'm very lazy. You're very good at content making, though. But it's for you. so lazy. But it's for you. (laughs) It's for me. Exactly. There's a difference. It's for me, and I enjoy editing myself, doing certain things. Once it's for someone else, and I have to put on this fake nice persona, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is this is actual work, and I don't want to work. I just want to, you know, swing around a sword or two, and that's it. Because your social media is for you. Yeah. The stuff you put up is because you want to show these things. You, you're proud of this stuff. You're not necessarily proud of the items that a company is making you post. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Oh, not I into that. that. Totally. But that being said, if anyone wants to sponsor us, <laughs> we are open to it. <laughs> Precisely. Something very important that we do on this podcast is because we are queer Asian human beings that mm-hmm. participate in and help create queer Asian culture, we are, of course, the most apt sources to compile a master list of all the most important queer Asian cultural products. And at this podcast, I call it the Queer Asian Pokedex. Very Pokemon, as we talked about earlier. 
So here I am opening up the Pokedex, oh, and we need to look this, through and see what we need to contribute. Because I can tell you right now, already, um, the lovely Lucy Lou in Charlie's Angels is in there. She's in. She's good. How And, and we have put in Sailor Moon previously, the series. Oh, but, good. you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like the importance of Sailor oh. Moon cannot be encapsulated by just one entry no 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 sailor moon villains are also in there so there's two entries already but i think there needs to be one more yeah we need Do you want to tell the people who's going in yeah guys and girls haruka and michiru is for one the best lesbian portrayal on tv that's come to anime screens since day one they need to be on there for sure, 100%. Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus are going in to the queer Asian Pokedex. Oh, yes. Where they belong. I'm surprised it hasn't been there already. Well, we discussed them um, when Mahatma Candy was on the show. We did discuss them a bit. And actually, Mahatma Candy just recently got a Sailor Neptune tattoo. Whoa. <laughs> I need to see it. I want to see it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, right on their forearm. Whoa. Send them a message on Instagram. They just got it like two days ago. So it's probably still healing, but it was really beautiful. Wow. Um, I'm in the process of, uh, well, not in the process. It's not, no, I'm going to get, I want to get um, the, you know, the Sailor Moon moon. Yes. The, the little, little the little moon. But I also want to get the black moon, the upside down one. That's really cool. I gotta love some symmetry. In the English version, they called it the Nega Moon, which I think sounds pretty cool. But in the original Japanese, it's Black Moon. Black Moon. <laughs> <Black-a-moon. laughs> um, so I'm gonna get those. I think I'm gonna get them on the back of my calves, so I can have that little balance. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. I do love some symmetry. You're a tattooed human being. Oh, I I am very. There's there's quite a few happening, and a like, lot of them are my of Asian origin or aesthetic. No, there's only two of them, which is like, you can't really see on the screen, yes. but I shall describe it. It's two cats with Yakuza tattooed backs on them. One has a little koi fish going up it, and the other one has a rat. Oh my god. And it has a bow Wait, staff. you have a tattoo that has tattoos? Exactly. I, I'm going to try and show you better, but it's... it's Okay, yes, <laughs> I see it. I tried so hard. Oh, and their color as well. There is. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah, and they have weapons on them. Did you get those done in the uk yes so there was a tattoo convention with the mon mon cats the guy who does all these type of designs and i went there and got it oh and was was the tattoo artist coming from abroad from japan trusted wow okay yes yes so you got a tattoo of a character with a tattoo a specifically japanese like gang tattoo yeah. on your tattoo yes <laughs> okay. inception everyone it's inception yes and they have weapons too this this didn't come with my intention but the artist saw my instagram page and then rocked up and was like i think this would look oh. good and i was like wow how do you know it's like i've been stalking you i was like great oh wow this guy who has like That's thousands so cool. and thousands of followers has been stalking me i'm like i admire your work thank you for stalking me I think that sounds like the most ideal, like, way that a tattoo happens is, like, where the artist and the receiver actually, like, 
there there's a sharing of ideas of what it should look like. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, because often I think people go in and they say, I want this very specific thing. But I love when like, it's like the interpretation partially is left to the artist to be like, I think you need it to look this certain way. And if the if the vibe is right, then that's what you end up getting. Fab. Yeah, and it was perfect. My first tattoos came out great. Love oh, it. those were your first. Yeah. And you got it's two, a... and they're quite large. It's your entire forearm. Yeah, exactly. It was 10 hours altogether. <gasps> Just sat down for 10 hours. It was... Oh my god, you got it all done at once? I did not want to pay for two sessions. I was like, yes, just go for it. Do it. Wow. (laughs) He was fine with it. Did you really get to know each other in that time? (laughs) Yeah, we just talked about martial arts and how he wanted to do martial arts but went into arts. I think he did mention he went to UAO as well, just to visit. Not really you know, study since he's from Japan. But I was like, wow, let's talk about that. I might have to follow this artist and like keep track of them and maybe get something when I go to Japan next. Because I have a lot of, not a lot, I have a couple tattoo ideas that are like very much Japanese in origin. And I'm like, if I'm going to get that, it pro- it it should be a Japanese artist that does it. Yeah, that's, that's how I think yeah. about it. I'm like, if you're going to get it from a certain culture, get, get it, it from the source. go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a policy that, my tattoos should be by queer people, or if it's specifically an Asian-themed tattoo, it should be from an Asian person. Those are my only rules when it comes to tattoos. I don't yeah, have very many. <laughs> Not a lot of rules. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my avocado on my on my ribcage. <laughs> Why? What happened there? Uh, what happened there? You said you make it sound like it was an accident. <laughs> no, not, like not, I not just fell way. on an avocado like... and it got stuck in there. <laughs> Um, what made you get an avocado? Okay, so I have to say, uh, maybe the, now in in the UK, avocados often are a bit shit. Let's be honest. But uh, do you ever have an avocado and you cut it open, right? You you slice around and then you you open it. You're about to open it and you open it and yes. you don't know is it going to be beautiful or not. And you open it and it's just beautiful. And the spectrum of bright green to kind of like almost like a golden orangey green right at the center, that gradient, I just think is so beautiful. The opening of an avocado is one of my favorite things. I really cherish the moment every time I do it. And when they're beautiful, almost every time I will compare it to my tattoo and be like, yep, that checks out. That's pretty fun. Okay, that's that's a fun tattoo. I think they're beautiful. I remember when I was... um. When I was partaking in marijuana back in California, when I was in university, <laughs> I cut open an avocado and it was, it was a big one because in California, they're huge and it was so bright and vibrant. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, Mother Earth is the greatest artist of all. Wow. Just, <laughs> oh, t- just wow. Stoner, stoner talk. That's, Total stoner talk. I mean, talk. you come out with the best things when you're a little bit something, something. A little bit. In the body. <laughs> yes. In DDD. Right. Okay. So we, we, we dissected, we, we, we dissected, we, we went, we tangented off into talking about tattoos. But what we were about to do is re reopen that queer asian pokedex and put a new submission in at least one from you i want to know what cultural product this could be a person a movie a song a food a clothing item a place a book a word that you believe is so important to the queer asian experience 
that it needs to be documented in history in this queer Asian Pokedex that I hold in my hand. Oh, was Sailor Moon not enough? Sailor Uranus? Okay, let me think of another one. Hold up. Of mm. course it's enough, but I'm giving you the option to enter another okay. important thing. And remember, because we are queer and Asian, we can declare anything to be queer and Asian. It doesn't necessarily have to be queer and Asian to your, you know, everyday white woman walking down the street. <laughs> but we oh. know. Can I add a sword? I feel like that's the yes, biggest thing. Yes, this is our first weapon. Yeah. I mean, it's portrayed in a lot of... There's too many memes about this online. I'm just like, damn, that's me. I'm the girl with the sword. I'm, the, I'm that lesbian girl with the sword. <laughs> oh. Okay, this is a lesbian sword? I don't know. Every anime that has a character that's very like masculine female always has a sword, and then it reveals at the end of the series, what's that one everyone was going on about just a couple months back? And people were telling me, Nilly, have you seen this? I'm like, no. They're like, there's this lesbian character that's been revealed at the very end of the show. She has a sword. You should watch it. I'm like, what? I have no clue what's going on. But yes, that's me, I guess. That is me. But tell me about the sword. Oh my god. Even our girl Uranus has a sword, doesn't she? She has the two swords, a broad sword and a straight sword. She does indeed. Yes, it's that double, double-bladed yeah. one. Now, I, I do know that uh, what's 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 it called? Revolutionary girl Utena. Oh, I don't know what that is. Has a sword, and isn't she? Let's see what that is. Revolution. We're gonna send our research team girl. on the case to look this oh, up. Oh, are they gay? This one has come highly recommended to me for its um either explicit or implicit <laughs> lesbianism. I believe it's I believe it's explicit, but. I don't know enough about it to enter it into the Queer Asian Pokedex. It's going to have to sit on the back burner until someone comes in hot and heavy and can explain it to me. But you were about to tell me what sword is the quintessential queer sword, specifically lesbian sword. Oh, oh, try not to offend a whole culture here. (laughs) Trying to think. I mean, I mean, it doesn't mean that it's like. I, you're not going to offend um, anyone. This is a queer Asian podcast for queer Asian people. We determine what to be lesbian and what is not to be lesbian. Well, I don't. I don't have say... that authority. But you can you can claim anything's lesbian. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll put in katana then. The Japanese katana. Yes. The most yes. fanciest. Everyone's holding it. Everyone wants to hold it. Take a little photo here and there. But I'm the one who can wield it. So come to me, people. The one... <laughs> One sword to rule them all. It's you. Exactly. It's me. Okay. The katana goes in. Okay. That's so exciting. That's great. You know, the character. Do you know the character katana from Mortal Kombat? Yes. Katana, katana, katana. Um, Dwayne Nassis mentioned her as being um, an important queer Asian icon when they visited the pod. So we already talked about katana, the character, but now we're talking about katana, the sword. And the sword, because of its just universal appeal and sexual magnetism, is going in to the queer Asian Pokedex. Yay! You know, I not most episodes I don't say queer Asian Pokedex like it's a game show thing. I don't know what that is. I think I'm going to have to leave that behind when we move on to future episodes. 
But that is bringing me to the unfortunate place where we have to start wrapping up. Oh, where we have to tie up this sword. I was trying to find a metaphor (laughs) out the window. But before we do, we've talked about your social media so ding dang much. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to track you down, if they want to watch you slice and dice? Okay, so I only have one platform because, as I said, I'm not very good with keeping up with anything. It's Childish Figure on the Instagram. That's where you find me most of the time. In an American accent, that's childish figure. Wow. (laughs) Sounds so different when we say it. Hmm. Because you say figure, Figure. which is the the British, the Britishism. And I say figure. Okay, there you go, guys. Childish figure. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) Never gonna act. Track Nilly down on childish figure, figure. On all, on just Instagram, not all relevant social media, just on Instagram. Just and on Instagram. now we reach the important part where we have to say farewell to our listeners. And that means I get to invite you to say goodbye in whatever way you see fit, whether it's with words, with movement, with language, with body language, whatever you so choose, you can send a good so long to our listeners. <gasps> I'm going to do body movements. Okay, here you go. Go and show. Okay, I'm going to have to describe it. Okay, we're getting kind of a wavy arm, spinning the arms around as if like, like, um, 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 uh, uh, brewing a witch's pot in the air and then grabbing the hand in into a fist and shoving it, punching out and then bringing that hand in, reaching the other hand out, uh, kind of grabbing you with the fingers twirling around, pulling it in and then bringing the hands back down Ooh. Ooh. was that was that a traditional hand motion in one of your trained forms yes, of art yes. martial arts i'm sure also Dwayne knows of this little thing. i don't think Dwayne's going to be able to recognize it from my my description i just did but if anyone wants to see some of the fancy finger work of nilly please do Go to Childish Figure, and if you want to experience the f- fancy finger work, slip into the DM. <laughs> oh, no. Thanks for tuning in to our most action-packed episode yet. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Bitten Peach Pod, where we are documenting all the queer Asian Pokedex. And more importantly, you need to tell everyone you know to listen to this podcast, or else Nilly will hunt you down with a sword. Wow, this is way gayer than I remember.